Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win. <laughs> he is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. You my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking uh, mouth! I'm going to, okay? <laughs> okay? Oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. Good afternoon. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie, and welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. That was The Voice of Chris Rock roasting Jada Pinkett and of course Will Smith reacted by walking up to the stage and slapping Chris Rock in the face he returns to his seat and said and shouts to Chris Rock keep my wife's name out here of course expletive mouth i apologize for the use of the expletive here but uh, it was that was a take that was the vid the a youtube video from ronaldo mckenzie studios uh and showcasing or uh, it was a clip of what happened yesterday or sorry at the oscars welcome to another episode of the neoliberal the, the neoliberal round podcast i couldn't even begin because I, i'm trying not to laugh because it's also a serious moment. Uh, moment today, actually today, today we will talk about today. The title of the episode of the of the of, the, uh, of our episode is "What are the boundaries of comedy?" Again, today we will today our the neoliberal part the, the the neoliberal round podcast. Uh, we will discuss what are the boundaries of comedy. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock after he made a joke about Jada's hair calling her G.I. Jane. Again, today, we will discuss what are the boundaries of comedy. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock after he made a joke about Jada's hair, calling her G.I. Jane. Welcome again to another explosive episode where we will delve into these issues and go further as we explore comedy in this episode. afternoon again or good night or whatever time it is in your wherever you are in the world 
Today, we discuss what are the boundaries of comedy. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock after he made a joke about Jada's hair, calling her G.I. Jane. Of course, I struggled at the beginning to even introduce the episode. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock after he made a joke about Will's wife calling her G.I. Jane. But Will's wife struggles. Will's wife, Jada, struggles with alopecia, a condition that causes hair loss. So William or Will Smith was defending his wife from the insult, which touched a sensitive and emotional issue for the Smith's family, as Will's wife has been struggling to deal with this issue. But Chris probably was trying to make light of a serious situation. But he miscalculated, as it was a personal and psychological and sensitive issue that could push buttons, and it did. For Jada didn't laugh or smile. And Will got up, went to the stage, and hit Chris. Chris Rock, that is, the comedian. Now, I do not subscribe to this type of reaction and violence. And this type of reaction. And of course, violence is never the answer. But standing up for your family and your woman is what men do in the animal kingdom. Now, of course, Chris, Chris was out of line. But comedians always use jokes or humor that at times cuts deep or cut deep and seems more of an insult as if insults and bringing up people's emotional scars are funny or what counts for jokes. So comedians will now tread carefully when trying to crack a joke. So what is or are the boundaries, if any? What is or are the boundaries, if any, of comedy that seeks for love to arrive at some selfish gratification. You know, I, my family and I, group of, we were having a, con- a group conversation in a family platform group about this particular issue. And I had said that it is like milking a barren goat because they can relate to, to this bucolic concept or of milking a goat. So I said, because the, the, we're, the title here, we're, we're discussing what is or are the boundaries, if any, of com- comedy that seeks for laugh to arrive at some selfish gratification. And I'm saying it is like milking a barren goat to point to the point of hurt so as to satisfy one's hunger or thirst without any sensitivity for the cow because the cow or the goat is or is an animal and its feelings are not important to the herder only his desires to feed his family and quench his personal desires I'm here using a metaphoric example talking about this issue so comedy has become just that herders who will go below the belt to crack a joke to appease his or her desires to achieve humor 
applying a strategy developed from his or her awareness of human nature. For human beings are more reactive to certain stimulus or stimuli, especially those that are negative and below the belt. Of course, when you talk about media and television, there's always this drive to sensationalize. So this has been the strategy for comedians and jesters, and many ended up quitting as they were unable to sustain or or maintain the goal. Let Let me repeat it again. Comedy has become just that. Herders who will go below the belt to crack a joke to appease his desires to achieve humor, applying a strategy developed from his or her awareness of humor, of, 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 sorry, of, of human nature. For human beings um, are more reactive to certain stimulus or stimuli, especially those that are negative and below the belt. Now, this has never been the strategy for comedians and jesters. And many ended up quitting as they were unable to sustain or maintain the goal of comedy and comedians, which is to what? To be funny and provide humor. But for what purpose? The purpose to provide humor that leads to a kind of catharsis or release. Humor was always necessary as it helped to provide a break from the tensions, seriousness, and insensitivities of everyday work life. Comedians never understood this and had forgotten about their purpose and goals and as, as, as they abandon their initial identity, subscribing only to the activity or the mission to tell jokes for laugh. But in doing so, they've mixed up the priorities or their priorities, thereby diluting their identity or their essence why why uh, or the question is why is this so why is this the case I have, an answer, I, I have an answer for that comedy within neoliberal capitalism has become infected by the new ethic of greed nepotism and connectionism that we have always been talking about the protestant ethic which which actually was one, which was only in theory. The Protestant ethic, which we say is, which was the driving ethic behind capitalism. The Protestant ethic, which was actually one in theory and limited or applicable to a few, was a Christian ethic that Western civilization assumes was the driving force behind capitalist society. The ethic was preached, but like the Pharisees in Judaism, Judaism, the expectations were for society to appear to be fair, but the ethic was only only useful as a strategy to prevent or to minimize any competition that would weaken their position. The bureaucratic phenomenon, if you, and those of us who want this, Michael, um, the bureaucratic phenomenon, identified by, uh, by Michael, Crozier is another strategy passed off as global and international arrangements guided by equity and fair game. But in the end, only some countries, the global south and developing countries, were expected to abide by the rules, 
but the others, the post-industrial countries, were not abide by, int- by the rules, International Monetary Fund, World, World Bank Fund, or trading, you know, when we, to facilitate trade. It was all about neoliberalizing neoliberal- uh, 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 economies, breaking down walls so that globalization could take place, as we said some time ago. And, you know, the International Monetary Fund, well, that, that was really developed to help the, the smaller states and developing countries to to, to uh, supply, support, provide them with aid so that they are able to meaningfully engage in, this, in the global economy. But what we are saying that the rules that were developed by the WTO, the World Trade Organization, and so on, and if you read my book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, I, may, I, I, I delve deeper into this. But I said, but in the end, only, con- only some countries, the global south and developing countries, were expected to abide by the rules. But the others, the post-industrial countries, were not. Comedians today. Now, wh- why am I lifting up that example? I'm saying, this because I, I'm saying this because comedians today are at that place. They are infected by greed and the desire to succeed and be the best. And they are willing to abandon who and what they are and aim and, 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 and their aim to acquire this prominence for themselves. Again, comedians today are at that place, infected by greed and the desire to succeed and be the best, and they are willing to abandon who they are, who and what they are, and, and, now they, and, and, and aims so as to acquire this prominence for themselves. We're talking about within neoliberal capitalism here. What are the boundaries of, 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 of comedy, if any, within neoliberal capitalism? Given the, the kind of ethic that drives neoliberal capitalism, which we say is no longer the protestant ethic, which we have, it's more uh, it's connectionism and greed and this, this self-drive to to promote this kind of individualism and this selfish desire and and to achieve and to achieve prominence and to develop a kind of reputation celebrity status so to speak and so so you know so that drive for this celebrity status has diluted the efficacy of comedy which was to put, help to facilitate catharsis for those who hurt or for those you know the king would have the jesters and the and the, and the jesters would come would, would 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 he would call the jesters to perform to to help to ease his, his mind from all of the, the the busyness of work the busyness of having to rule over a kingdom that's at war so I said, but in the end, so sorry, I but that I go. So I, I I'm saying that comedians today are at that place, infected by greed and the desire to succeed and be the best, and they are willing to abandon who they, who and what they are, and aims to acquire this prominence and celebrity status for themselves. But this episode with Will Smith, a former comedian, is really an opportunity for comedians to reassess their. Their, their terms of reference and to revisit the past and revisit human nature. If 
it because if comedians themselves can't enjoy a comedy session without reacting in violence, then how can they expect to dish us, to dish us, their and their audience, those kinds of insults and insensitive staples of jokes if, if they can't take it? If on the other hand, on the other hand, and in Chris's and in Chris Rock's defense, it can be argued that men experience loss of hair, alopecia, and are made fun of, especially if they are younger men. Now, whatever LeBron James and Stephen A. Smith, for example, and others are always ridiculed for their receding hairline. They are roasted to scorn, you know, but without the same reaction from that we saw from Will and Jada. Why, why is, you know, and I'm going to repeat myself again. I said, on the other hand, and in Chris Rock's defense, it can be argued that men experience loss of hair or hair loss, which is we call alopecia. And, you know, and of course, and are made fun of, especially if they are younger men. And I'm here referencing LeBron James and Stephen A. Smith, and even Stephen A. Smith, because I was actually respond. I responded to Stephen A. Smith, a thread that he had created from a post he had created, as he was talking about this whole issue of 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 Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, and of course he was saying that you know, as much as some people think that Chris Rock was out of line, of course, because of appealing to. The, sen- the sensitive issue. And of course, we, and, I have, and I've already argued in this podcast and in the article that that's what um, comedians are doing now. They're, going, they're, they're, they're pushing the bar further. They're going deeper into people's lives and bringing up things that's difficult for people. Unresolved issues, issues that they are fighting to resolve. And when they go to a comedy, they go to, they go to, to get released, to get catharsis. And guess what? The very same thing that they're trying to f- not think about. Comedians are using it for laugh. Because they understand human nature. And know how human, human beings react to the negative. <coughs> Excuse me. And so as to attain celebrity status. And to attain a kind of stardom and prominence. This greed to promote self and they are willing to push the bar to, 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 and to go deep into people's lives and forgetting that the, the role of a, of a jester or of a comedian or of a humorist, they tell jokes not just to tell jokes for themselves and for, but, and, but to help to facilitate the advancement of human society while the society contrib- contrib- contribute to the work that they do to, co- to facilitate catharsis in society. But some people, some comedians don't make it. And so many have sought to, okay, in order for me to be relevant, I am going to be insulting. I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to go deep into people's lives. <clears throat> but I'm saying here in Chris Rock's defense, it can be argued that men experience hair loss. LeBron James, Stephen A. Smith, and they are ridiculed. They are, they are roasted to scorn, but without the same reaction, though, without the same reaction from Will and Jada, 
And the question is, why is this so? And I'm going to say this. It is an issue. Even though I am, and I should have said nevertheless, or on the other hand, because even though I am here saying, presenting to you one perspective, and the perspective is that, yes, Chris Rock was out of line because he is, he is, he is going deep into people's lives and bringing up unresolved issues. Issues that people are dealing with. And, okay, and that, and, and, and I'm, but, but, but then I am also saying, which is, we, one may debunk that, or one may, one may argue uh, that on the other hand, that there is, there seem to be some, some level of discrimination here. Where because men are roasted every day for, for their, for hair loss. But when it is directed at women, or in this case, Jada, because let me not generalize, this is the reaction. Why is this so? But is it, I'm saying it, is it an issue or asking the question, is it an issue of gender where we expect men to be able to handle and take a roast while women aren't supposed to? So the way comedians joke about women are not called roast. Is it that we have different expectations for men and women in comedy? That, that's the question. Different expectations. Further, further, further. We had argued that people are different and react differently to stimuli. This is the next, this is the next point I'm making in Chris Rock's defense. For those who think that he may be out of line. We had argued that people are different and react differently to stimuli. So Chris is not responsible for how Jada or Will feel. Because in, in Chris, in Chris's mind, it was an innocuous joke and said in jest. Which was never meant to produce any ill will. Any ill will, no pun intended. Any ill will or malice. In Chris's, in Chris Rock's reality, it was fine to tell that joke or to, to roast Jada in that way. But never did he or could he have known about the feelings and thinking or responses from Jada and Will. Because as I said, the only reality that we can, that we can only be certain of is our own reality. Because in in trying to realize the truth of life and to, in trying to, to come to understand what is and you come face to and you abandon knowledge and start from nothing you are still left with something and that is your mind the mind that is thinking about that nothing enough okay which I find is a very good discovery, a very good idea, a very good perspective. So I'm saying here that Chris is not responsible for how Jada or Will feel because in Chris's mind, it was an innocuous joke said in jest, which was never meant to produce any ill will or malice. In Chris's reality, in Chris's reality, it was fine. But never did he or could he have known about the feelings and thinking or responses from Jada and Will. For it, 
for it is the way of comedy. It is the way of comedy culture in America. Therefore, we, we cannot blame or accuse Chris of being responsible for any feelings that Will or Jada may have, may have had from, from this roasting or this humor. So these are some things to, to, to think about. And the, and, just, and, this, and the last point I will make is that uh, Chris, Chris Rock said recently, I think it was the day yesterday or the day before, uh, a day after, after, I think Monday, today is Monday, he said just recently that um, he didn't write the joke. The joke was given, they, were, they, are, they, are, they have a staff for people who write jokes for them. And especially even today, you, what you have now is that uh, once you have made your name or once you have a name, or because first of all, I made the argument that talking about comedians striving for celebrity status and trial or for relevance. Of course, Rick Chris Rock is a celebrity. He's already made his name. So, so, so you may say that argument is null and void, but you also have to maintain that celebrity status as well. But, at the, but irrespective of that point, but once you have gotten to a certain level and so on, you have now a team of writers who now write jokes. So he said that he was given, he was given this joke. But the thing is, even, and that, was, that is a bad defense, a bad excuse, because even if you are given something, you have to prepare. And you, I'm quite, that's what the professional um, uh, comedians do. They, uh, and people who write, uh, presidents and so on, people who read speeches or people who have speech writers and so on. They don't, you, you have a responsibility. You still have a responsibility to choose what you say and what you don't say. So you cannot say, well, oh, it was written by, the, uh, the, by, um, by a team of people. And in fact, we would, we would not have known this because comedians and people who have people, uh, people who have a support staff of people, a team of people who work for them in a sense, who write their, their opinions or write their speeches and write their jokes and so on and so forth. And they don't want other people, I mean, it's not, they, not much thought, not much discussion, not much talk is put into talking about how you arrive at this joke in terms of talking about who helped you to write it and a team. Because especially if it's a popular joke and it sticks, you, you don't want, you want, especially when you have a drive for stardom and celebrity, you want that particular thing to be credited to you. That I talk, what, what is the theme that we're going with today? We said that in this subsection, we said, what is or are the boundaries, if any, of comedy that seeks for laugh to arrive at some selfish, selfish gratification? So, we would not have known that the speech or the, the joke was written by people in the background. Because that's not something that celebrities and, and stars want to know, want people to know. They don't want to give, they want to keep the credit for themselves, yes? It's not, especially if it's something that pops. You only hear that, you, you are only aware that a written article or an act or something was not done by the person who performed it. You only hear that if it, if it, if, if it messes up. If, if it doesn't work how it's supposed to work. You cre- then they create a scapegoat. So, so, you know, 
because they want to keep that credit. So I don't believe this saying that backstage people or some the, the joke was written by a, a team of people and provided that does not absolve him or exonerate him from what he did. The only thing that would absolve him was the fact was the argument that we just pose it and punctuate was that he is not responsible for how people feel. He's not responsible for people's feelings because men are roasted and they don't react the way how um, how um, Will reacted in defense of his wife who was not happy about that particular roasting. So that's the only way you could say it. And the next, and of course I said in, in, in Chris's defense, in Chris's defense just now, so that's probably an issue of gender and so on and so forth. That of, is coming from a different reality. And so that is, of course, that's why we have iMessages and so on and so forth. So those are the discussions. What, Andres, we will have, we are going to be, we, I'm going to invite you to comment on this. And I will, I'm going to do a poll uh, on my various uh, social media feeds. And the question that I will be asking and you guys will all have a chance to participate. And I will actually, just before we end this podcast, I will reveal the results of the poll that we did about LeBron James. But just before I do that, I want to... Um, this is the question for the poll. Uh, the question is, is it an issue of gender? Is it an issue of gender? The fact that... The fact that... Uh, men, especially younger men, are always ridiculed or roasted about their receding hairline. Yet, there is the strong reaction when Jada was roasted for her alopecia. And so, the, why is this so? So, the question is is it an issue of gender? Will we expect men to be able to handle and take a roast while women aren't supposed to? So, that's, that's going to be the we're going to have a policy and the and you you could answer you could answer, respond by saying yes it is an issue of gender no it is an uh, 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 and not an issue of gender um and you could say or you could say other and you could then make a, a, a respond to to that particular uh comment okay so that's what we're going to be doing so you can respond to the poll on our on our on our feeds so, and I'm looking forward to hear the responses from you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. And again, continue to listen to us because we have some major announcement and development. And just, just to remind you that on Friday at 8 a.m., I will be on Germantown, Germantown radio station from 8 until about 10 o'clock in the morning. And, um, and then on Saturday, we were supposed to have a book signing, but... We are going to move it to Sunday morning instead so as to facilitate uh, some occurrences, some, um, to facilitate some new developments that's happening on Saturday at Germantown Espresso Bar on Saturday. And, just, and, and there are, uh, this one other thing that I need to share with you is that we will be, into, we, 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 we will be going into communities. Well, well, sorry, we will be having an interview with uh, 
several individuals over the next couple of days and we're going to be sharing that with you continue to send us your uh, feedback continue to send us any ideas you may have continue to uh, and if you have any audios that you want to share with us and we could you want us to include in our podcast we'll do that continue to uh, to check out our, our website and to subscribe and to share our show i hope that you will have a great uh, a great a great week whatever is left and continue to grow and to help humanity to become united the next podcast we will carry and is entitled Revisiting and Reimagining the Black Nigger Within Neoliberal Capitalism. I'm very happy Kyrie will be on the basketball court, but he's no hero. And you know Billy's a nigger. He don't give a SH asterisk T. We will have that for you at the next show or the next podcast um, airing. Thank you so much and have a great day. <laughs>